I want to be real about like the experience we had and like share that that's what we went through because that's what we went through. I don't want to scare anyone away from having babies in Europe because I don't think that's a typical experience. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Good morning. I hope you guys are having a good week. And for those that left to travel back overseas this past weekend, I hope you guys had smooth traveling. I am still in Boise. I'm just recording this earlier because I don't know what kind of chaos we're going to get into this weekend. But there's going to be no intro for me this week. This episode is a continuation from last week. So if you did not listen to last week's episode, I would encourage you to go back and tune in for that one. Cassie talks about a lot of different things and finished off with her birth experience. And now we're moving into postpartum. So after birth and what kind of happened at the hospital for her. So again, just go back and listen to last week's if you didn't already. And this one will just continue on from here. Have a good week, guys. Yeah. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about that? No, not at all. Um, Basically, so he was, like I said, he was born at 1045 at night. So we went up to the maternity ward, like they took him down to the nursery and like got him cleaned up and dressed and brought him back up to me. And um, then Matt had to leave for the night. So at that point, it was probably, yeah. The first night after he's born, he couldn't stay there. No. That is some (laughs) bullshit. Yeah. I'm thinking like the next night, you know what I mean? What if you go and what if you birth your child at two in the morning? I mean, we, we got to stay in the labor suite. And, like, depending on how many, like, how busy it is, like, how many babies are being born that day, it might change. But, like, that particular day wasn't that busy. So, I feel like they let us stay in the labor suite for longer than normal. Like, we probably stayed in the labor suite for, like, an hour, an hour and a half after he was born. So, we got to spend all that time together, Um, Matt, Rory, and I, like, after he was born. And then when we went upstairs, um, Matt pretty much had to leave right away. Gosh, that so, must have been a little bit nerve-wracking. It was. I was like, I mean, you're super emotional at that point. Like, you're exhausted. And granted, Rory was, like, exhausted, too, from the whole process. So he was sleeping. So he didn't really, like, need that much attention right then. But, like, I, like, it was kind of sad for me to be like, okay, like, bye. Like, when are you going to be back? Because, yeah. like, I wanted him there with me. Um So that's just kind of something different about having a baby, at least in that hospital system and like the public healthcare setting over there, because in the States, like you have your own room um, and your husband is allowed to stay with you like all hours of the day if you want. So that's a little bit different. Um, It's just, I don't understand like the purpose of it. It's like, 
that's an emotional support thing, a mental health thing for the person who's birthing the child. It's like, why, what's the reasoning? I I think the reasoning is because it's a shared room. So like there was another lady over there literally sleeping in a bed, like 10 feet away from me. Um, And she was the first night that was the only other person in the room. But then the next night there was another lady in there with her baby. And like, that is what I didn't like about that experience is like, I got absolutely no rest there. Like one, you're sleeping in a hospital bed Two, you have a brand new baby and you've been through the trauma of birth and you're not home in like your comfortable environment. And then there's another lady who's been through the same thing and her brand new baby, like feet away from you. And then there's nurses and stuff coming in and out and it just like was not restful and not relaxing. And they, I don't know if it was because I was English speaking or if that's just my perception of how it played out, but I just felt like they kind of put me there and left me there. Like they came in and they're like, do you need anything? Or like, are you a good basically? And I was like a brand new mom. I had no experience with like what I was supposed to be doing. And I was like, I think so. But like, nobody said like, you know, is the baby eating okay? Like when was the last time he ate? Mm -hmm. So Rory was jaundiced and he was super sleepy and he did not want to eat. And so I didn't know any different. I'm like, okay, well, he doesn't want to eat. So like, he just wants to sleep. So I would let him sleep. And after two days of kind of just feeling like we were just sitting there, not getting any rest, I told Matt, I was like, I want to go home. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, I want to go home and get some rest and like get settled at home. And we ended up leaving after two days, which I think most people stay for three is like what you're supposed to do. But I had a midwife set up that was going to come check on us. And if you have that set up, you're allowed to leave whenever you want. Like you could leave after 10 hours. You could leave after a day. Like you can leave and go home if your midwife is going to come check on you at home. Um, which is a really good system. I like that they have midwives that'll come check on you at home. They check on the baby's weight. They check on you and how you're healing. Um, and any other, like if you have feeding questions, like if you're having feeding troubles, they can help you with breastfeeding or like latch things. Um, so that's a really great system that they have set up over there. And that was something I was really excited about. Yeah, that's, um, that's helpful because I feel like no one you're never at the point where you feel like you know what you're doing. Like, it's just no. it's all new. You're com- you're going in completely blind. You can only do so much research. And then it's like, okay, bye. You're leaving with your baby now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait, what? I have to take care of him by myself? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had that set up. So I kind of was like, yeah, like, I just want to go home and get some rest. And like, I don't really feel like I'm getting anything out of staying here. Um. So we, because we had asked for help a couple times from like everybody in the hospital wears white scrubs. So you're like, um, I need help or I need this. And they're like, oh, I'm not the nurse. That's not me who does that. And I'm like, well, can you like get the nurse or like, who do I ask? And like, I work in healthcare in the United States and we cater to patients needs. Like if a random person stops me in the hallway and they're like, oh, I need to find my grandpa, 
I have to freaking help them find their grandpa. Like <laughs> I, like I'm doing something and I'm busy and that is not particularly my job, but like that is our job in healthcare in the U S like we, we help with whatever we have to, like mm-hmm. we get translating services for patients who speak like all sorts of languages. So that was like really kind of a shock to me. Not that I expected it to be that way, but just like how different it was. Um, Like the nurses and the doctors were, they obviously all spoke English, but they didn't go out of their way to like talk to me too much about things. And like I said, I asked for help a couple times with feeding because he wasn't eating enough and wasn't eating well when he did try to eat. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, um, I'll go get them or I'll be right back. And then they wouldn't come back. Like, I'm like, okay, so I'm just struggling through this by myself. Or then he's just not eating because I don't know what to do. Um, So I was super frustrated with that. And like, Matt, like witnessed it a few times when he was there with us. So I know I wasn't imagining it in my postpartum state. Um, (laughs) Hallucinating. (laughs) Yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, like I, I did call for someone, right? Gosh. Um, I, that was so, so yeah, so I felt sorry. a little bit, yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, it's fine now, but like I did feel a little bit neglected and it ended up working out that we went home after the two days and we were home for like a matter of hours before we went back to the children's hospital because he was super lethargic and we could not get him to eat. We could not like wake him up to be interested in eating at all um and I actually called my sister who is a NICU nurse and I like was on FaceTime with her and I was like we just like look at him like does he look okay I don't know like he's super sleepy he hadn't eaten in like six hours which is way too long for a newborn to go (laughs) without Mm -hmm. eating um and she was like yeah no Cass like he looks a little shaky and I'm like kind of worried about his blood sugar and at that point like we went into panic mode and like rushed to the children's hospital and like we got there and like no one was around um Dana actually went with us because she knew where to go so she took us and like literally no one was around to ask questions all the signs are in German we're like where do we go like who do we talk to and finally like one person stopped to help us and she was like oh you need to go over here and she brought us over there and she stayed with us until like someone came out to like get our information and like To this day, if I could find that, I gave her a hug. I literally gave her a hug. I was like, thank you so much for stopping and helping us because Austrian people are, I like, I have some Austrian friends that I'm like absolutely adore, but as a whole, I guess, as compared to what we're used to, they can come off like kind of like they're just not like on their own mission sometimes and mm-hmm. they don't really like they're not I guess one to stop and be like, oh, do you need help? Or like, can I help you like translate something or whatever? Like you don't totally. find that always with people over there. So like this one woman literally stopped and was like, Oh, are you lost? And I like literally hugged her. I was like, thank you so much Aww. for stopping and helping us. And so um it seems like some of them have that like mentality like oh well like either that's not my job or this isn't my client or this isn't my language so I'm just gonna say no and walk away instead of trying to be proactive and be like you know what no but let me go find someone that can help you which is exactly totally what would happen here right and that's what I'm used to and that's what I would do 
in especially a healthcare setting. So that was a little bit of a shock for me. Um, but we did end up in the children's hospital and we stayed there for, I think, two more days or maybe it was three um, to work on getting his weight back up and um, get him eating and his blood sugars and everything figured out. Um, and then, lo and behold, we go home. Um, at this point, my sister is here. My mom's here. Um, we go home. I'm so excited. I'm like, okay, we're finally going to get to stay home. And then I think it was like three or four days later, we had to go back to get his bilirubin levels checked. It's like what happens when kids are have too much um, too much red blood cells because they have to filter out the placental blood. Fun fact. Mm. Um, so they actually have <laughs> too that. much blood at first. Yeah. So they need to filter that out. And if they have too much or they're having trouble filtering it out, um, they turn a little yellow and they get very sleepy and they don't eat well. Um, and that's what happened to Rory. So we went back to have his level like levels checked again, um, like after the weekend or something on a Monday and they were high and we had to be readmitted and oh I was gosh. devastated. I was so devastated that we had to stay at the hospital. Like the nurses were just like, this is okay. Like he's going to be okay. Like it's very common. And I was like, I understand that, but like, I just don't want to be in the hospital anymore. Like I want to go home and like snuggle my baby and like not have cords hooked up to him and like needles being poked into him. Like it was just, that was tough for me because the number one thing I will tell new moms is like, don't have expectations. Like don't think like everything's going to be peachy and like, you're going to have like people tell you that about labor, but they don't tell you that about like the first couple weeks. And like, it is hard. Like you've been through a lot and you're emotional and you're sore. And then you have this baby that's so fragile and needs so much attention and care that like you're new at giving and I just feel like I had this expectation about taking him home and like having it be so great to like snuggle my newborn baby on the couch and I was in the hospital we were in the hospital for like a week plus so yeah and your family was there at this point though right so they could kind of be they there. were okay yes thank god they were there because um, my probably mom needed there. that more than ever at that point. Yes, we needed that. Their help was so appreciated. And then just with my sister and her nursing background, like there were certain things in the hospital that were like, is this normal or is this okay? And like, she was just a great, like reassuring person there to make sure that, cause we were so nervous and so scared even though it wasn't like a major thing that he was going through it it felt that way for us right mm -hmm. so she was there and that was great but um we had a little bit better of an experience in the children's hospital um the nurses were super nice there and they were really caring and we like we had like a room with like a crib for Rory and then like a bed for me and that was allowed to stay there as well um, so that was a little bit better as compared to the maternity ward, but the doctor there, again, going back to just like some cultural differences, like the bedside manner of the doctor was awful. Like he came in literally the first time I met him, like when he came on rounds to check on Rory, 
he found out we were American and he came in and saluted me and said, make Austria great again. I'm like, I remember you telling me that. Okay. That's, you literally probably wanted to punch him in the face. I would have been like, shut. I really did. The. (laughs) And then he goes on and on about Donald Trump. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but can we talk about my son? Because that is really the only thing I care about right now. So he was not pleasant. And we actually had to deal with him a few times. And he, like, just, he spoke fine English, but, like, he just didn't want to be asked questions. And I don't know if that's a cultural thing or, like, a language thing or what. But, like, we actually called Hannah and Kevin because, of course, Kevin's Austrian, and we we almost had Kevin come to the hospital and like translate for us because we were getting frustrated with um, not getting our questions answered. I guess, mm-hmm. um, and Kevin was just kind of like, "Yeah, that's just a bit how they are. Like they don't they kind of just doctors there. I guess just expect um, to just be taken." <laughs> as law, I guess, and they don't really like to be questioned, and I have a medical background, my sister had a medical background, and we had questions, and he didn't like that, um, so he was pretty rude to us, Mm. but we had another doctor, yeah, like, we had another doctor that was great, like, she was really sweet, and, like, she would answer all our questions, no problem, so I don't really think that's, like, a country thing it might have been a little bit of a cultural thing but I think that could happen anywhere where you have like a rude doctor who doesn't want to deal with you or whatever so yeah, which is just so inappropriate because it's like it is. again it is. it's just so new that you need all the help you can get and support and just to hear yeah, that and like, this guy was like straight up yelling at me he was like well he's sick because you didn't feed him and I was like bawling. oh my gosh yeah like I was okay. like an absolute blubbering mess. First of all, I already felt like a, like I was, did something wrong. And that's why we were there. Like you already feel so responsible for like their health and well being. And then he said it was, it happened because I didn't feed him enough. Mm-mm. And then what happened was I was, it was really important for me to like breastfeed him. Like I wanted that experience and I wanted that nutrition for him. That's what I wanted to do. So I was, I told, I knew his, um, he needed to eat more, but I told the doctor when we got admitted that I was going to pump for him and I would bottle feed him. So I knew exactly how much he was getting, but I wanted to pump and give him breast milk. And, um, the doctor, they took him out of the room, um, to, I think put an IV, or something. And they freaking fed him formula when I asked them not to. What? And I was, yeah, I was so mad. I was furious. How can they just do that without like, you know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't. Cause I specifically said, I did not want him to have formula and I was going to pump and give him breast milk. And I had breast milk, um, with us that we brought, um, that I was going to bottle feed him and they went against my wishes for that and gave him formula. Um, and actually what happened was one of the nurses came back in to tell me something and she's like, Oh, he's eating. I'm like, what, what is he eating? And she was like, Oh, the, um, they call it, uh, it's Aptamil or something is the formula. And she's like, Oh, Aptamil, like the formula. And I was like, Oh, like, I think if I was a cartoon, like, you would have seen, like, my head pop off and, like, <laughs> you saw go everywhere. 
Yeah, I was so mad. I was like, you can't just do that. Like, this is my my baby. And like, I said to him next time he came in, I was like, I asked that you do not give him formula. Like, I have breast milk and I want him to have that. And I was like, oh, I was so mad. Did he apologize or anything? Oh, no. He, that's what, I think that's when he yelled at me about not feeding him enough and that's why he was sick or whatever oh my gosh I bet Matt was like like just biting his tongue well the thing is and this is like where I just go back to too is like Matt I've only seen Matt cry like a very handful of times um Mm -hmm. literally like I can count them on a few fingers and like it was like when his dog died (laughs) when (laughs) we got married when Brory was born and then this time in the hospital because it was just so emotional and we were scared and we were nervous and we were trying to figure things out. And then this doctor was just being so rude to us. And like, he literally told us at one point, he's like, well, you can leave if you don't like it. And here we are with our sick baby. He's like under the light trying to get um, his blood levels down. And he tells us we can leave. We're like, oh my God. I, I, I just, I don't even know what to say because it just, it feels so foreign that that would ever even happen. I know. And I don't want to like, I want to be real about like the experience we had and like share that that's what we went through because that's what we went through. No, but absolutely. I, I think it's I important. don't want to, I don't want to scare anyone away from having babies in Europe because I don't think that's a typical experience. Um, and we kind of had an extenuating circumstance with having to go back into the hospital and stuff. Um, but my, like, when I look back at the whole experience, um, my labor and delivery was great and I loved that and I would do it again in a heartbeat over there. Um, as far as the other stuff, I think I just, in my state then I was super emotional and I was, like I said, like my expectations were crushed and like, I was scared and it was my first baby and I was nervous and, um, but I did learn a lot. Like I learned that you have to advocate for your baby no matter what. Like if your baby's in, born in Austria or they're born in the U.S. or they're born in Canada, like you're their parent and you have to advocate for them. And that's, that's the situation we faced and you could face that anywhere. Um, definitely some more complications with language and, um, cultural differences as far as people that we dealt with along the way but um it wasn't like a make or break thing I'm not I don't feel like oh I would never do it again because of that Mm -hmm. um it's just the experience we had I guess no and I think that's important to share because you know every experience is so different just because you had that that doesn't mean the next person's gonna have that or just right. because the next person has this amazing thing, the next person after that, it, like, it just, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, like, obviously that's so disappointing, though, to, and just, you're already exhausted. You don't want to deal with these people. They should be helping you. They didn't. It they was. let you down. They, you know, it's. Yeah. It's it just a little rough. Yeah. But. So would you do it I again? Guess I would. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, do it again. <laughs> yeah. So okay. If if I can go through that and I would still do it again, anyone will be fine. Like you, you just get through it. 
it's it's hard and scary and it's foreign sometimes and you feel like it's too much but babies are more resilient than you give them credit for and the next day they just wake up and open their big eyes at you and you're like okay I can do this so moving into what you absolutely need to bring overseas again I think we could just go on about this because (laughs) it's just like you feel like you need a million things so I know that like I asked you to just like come up with some core items that you can't find in Europe or you would really highly suggest getting beforehand yes so I'm gonna preface this by saying you can get everything in Europe that you need. There's nothing that you can't get. So if you forget something or you don't think of something, you can absolutely get it in Europe. Um, Things that you bring from home, I feel like is more to make you the most comfortable um, and just kind of enhance like what you are looking for in your pregnancy and your first few weeks with the baby. So basically what I did is I made like an essentials list. You can search it on like Pinterest and stuff like absolute baby essentials. And I kind of tailored that to like my own interests and what I thought we absolutely needed or wanted for him. Um, And then what I did is I searched um, like stores in the U.S., mostly Amazon, um, for like prices And then I would contrast that to Amazon DE, which is what we use over there for like almost everything. So if like a lot of American products or products that we're used to seeing and like are more familiar with are available on Amazon DE, they're just like a lot more expensive. For example, the one baby bottle that I had heard of and got recommendations for Um, from a couple of my friends who recently had babies was like $22 for two bottles on our Amazon in the U.S. and it was like 45 like literally double to get it in in Austria yeah so I ended up those were the Komotomo baby bottles that I picked out that I'm like okay these are the bottles that I want to try and so I did that with a lot of different baby products I would be like okay I want to get you know 10 burp rag like swaddle things like what can what would I pay for that if I bought them on Amazon and it was like $8.99 to get them in Amazon US and it was like nine euros to get them in Austria so I'm like okay I can get these in Austria type thing you know what I mean so I kind of just went back and forth with like all the staple things that I wanted to have for him for the first couple months um, and just compared prices and like certain things, like I said, for like your own comfort, like say someone, you know, like just had a baby and they're like, Oh, like this is the best nipple cream. Like it worked great for me. And like, I got it at target. And so obviously you're not going to be running to target in grass. So if you have heard great things about that nipple cream, you want that nipple cream from Target, like get that nipple cream and bring it with you. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> yes, just get the nipple cream, okay? So yeah, that was like kind of how I went about it. I just made an essentials list. I compared prices, like is this an American product? 
that's going to cost me double if I buy it in Austria? Um, or is this something that's pretty common that I can get for a similar price or easily over there and save space as I'm packing to go over? So that's kind of how I went about it. And then if there were like certain things that I had heard about and I really wanted for him that were like American products, I brought those in advance and brought them. Um, the other thing that I would recommend, at least for Austria, it's hard to find like basics, like baby basics. Like you can go to Carter's or Target or Old Navy um, and get like a six pack of onesies, like white onesies or just like basic colored onesies for like $12. And like you can't find that as easily over there. Like you're either buying like individual outfits or um you know just like more like each individual like shirt and pants and like I don't know it just is a little bit different so the one thing I would recommend bringing with you is like basic sets so like basic onesies basics um like zip up sleepers are kind of hard to find and like you can get those in like big multi-packs for like cheap over here so and those are like the number one thing you're gonna put your newborn baby in so um I definitely recommend picking up a couple of those to bring along the other thing I had a hard time finding is really random is like little baby socks like again it would be like one pair of baby socks that you'd have to buy for like five euros and then like you'd be like okay I need like 10 of these so um you can buy like five or six pairs of baby socks in a pack and bring those like baby clothes are small so like basics Mm -hmm. and stuff like I feel like it's worth bringing that stuff because you'll probably save a little bit of money to get it and bring it over and you'll just be better equipped with a lot of basics to put them in Um, versus having to buy everything individually or hunt for multi-packs like that. I heard like the PJ, like the zippered PJs are a must from so many people. They're like, it's impossible to find over there. You need to get them from Target before you come over because you do not want to be buttoning up your baby at three in the morning (sighs) with 20 buttons. No, it's so true. (laughs) It's so true. And multiple people told me that beforehand too. And I was thankful because I did bring those over. I think I did find them maybe at H&M but again it's like one sleeper like you have to buy them individually and I mean I find it a little bit more expensive because things are a little bit more expensive over there in general like even comparing like H&M U.S. to H&M over there like in euros it's a little bit more per item Mm -hmm. so if you can get like multiple um, basics or like a pack of zippered sleepers like three of them in a pack or something and bring those I feel like it's worth it so what about like stroller and car seat because that was something I heard from everyone it was like the requirements are different in the EU than it is in the U.S. and um so I mean like I I have not heard of anyone that hasn't purchased that and brought that over with them yeah I didn't either I never really found a clear answer on that um I actually we ended up getting um, a Nuna travel system. So a car seat and a stroller and 
the base that comes with the car seat and all that. It was a whole package. Um, and I actually emailed Nuna and kind of gave them our situation because they're actually a Swedish company, I believe. Hmm. So I was kind of trying to weigh the options like, hey, what if I ordered this over there? Um, and like kind of got it shipped to Austria because that would be within Europe. So I thought maybe that would be a better route to go. And I emailed them and told them our situation and they were like, no, like you're not going to be able to get the one that you're able to use in the U.S. if you order it when you're over there. So yeah, basically that's a conclusion I came to. Like if you primarily live in the United States or that's where you're going to end up, like you need to get the stroller or not the stroller, but like the car seat at least, um, in the United States because then it meets all the standards Mm -hmm. that we need it to have. So yeah, everyone I really have known has bought their stuff and brought it over or had family bring it over when they came or whatever. So I think like I've searched the expat group because it's like, you want something durable, you know, that's going to be good on cobblestone. That's like not super lightweight. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) There's just so many like recommendations and I'm like sitting there like ah I don't want to spend $1,500 on a stroller like when you know we want more kids and then I'm gonna have to upgrade by the time you know so anyway so I copied you I got the exact same stroller yeah it's a it's a good one I think you guys will like it yeah and like what really attracted me to that was the fact that the car seat came with the stroller and it came with the base so you're not questioning like do I need to buy any other parts for this so that was no, like yeah it was a really good package yeah I don't know what you guys plan to do you're bringing everything over with you at once when you go right yeah my so my family they're gonna try to come out but obviously with COVID it's like right you know, my yes are older I don't know if they'll be able to and so we're trying to bring over everything that we can and then just hoping like we got the basics down and then anything else we can buy over there I was going to just like put the stroller in the box like you yes. tip it up, ship it over or, or, or check it. Um, and then I'll buy a bag once we come back. That's definitely what I would recommend. Um, we, my mom actually brought over the stroller, but she left it in the, just the box that it came in. And I kind of liked that because I felt like it was in like the foam and stuff. So it wouldn't get jostled around as much. Cause a lot of people say like when they travel with theirs, they've gotten broken and stuff, which would absolutely suck. So, um, we left that in the box, um, to go over cause obviously we didn't need it yet. Um, but we did unpack the car seat and we got one of those big, um, car seat bags so the base fit in there and the car seat snapped into it and fit in there. But the one we got um, was padded, but there was actually a ton of extra room around the car seat. So like all my stuff that I did bring to bring over, like I, I think I had like a couple, you know, random things like a blanket or whatever. Um, and then all my like baby basics that I wanted to bring over from like Target and stuff. Like I stuffed those all in the car seat bag I don't think I even really had to pack any baby stuff in my own bag Mm, um so that was like kind of a travel hack because I didn't know if they were going to charge me to check the car seat because at that point I obviously did not have a baby in hand (laughs) I was just pregnant um but I waddled up to the counter and I'm like oh it's a baby seat and she's like okay and like I know it depends on the airline but for me we flew United and Austrian and they flew the car seat over there for free so it's basically a bonus bag 
that you can pack a whole bunch of extra baby stuff in um, without having to worry about taking up your own space for things that you need to bring for you over in your suitcase. And you didn't have to pay for the stroller either, right? Um, well, my mom brought the stroller over when she came after he was, he was born. And I think she did have to pay for it. Okay. But if you're, like I said, I think it depends on the airline. Some airlines will check like either the stroller or the baby seat for free. Um, some will check both and some you might have to pay a little bit for each. So definitely check on the airline how that works. I think United and Austrian, I think if I did have the stroller with me, they would have checked that. That's what I'm for free as well. Yeah. So I think they probably would, but I just, I sent that or I had my mom bring that because I was traveling. Uh, what was I at that point? Seven months pregnant with the dog and like the car seat (laughs) bag, which was giant. And like, I think three other suitcases. So I was like, I literally don't think I can carry all this. (laughs) Yeah. I, so I got a little too excited and I started putting the stroller together because I just wanted to like play around with it and like all the different settings. But to unbox it. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm going to put it back in the box, tape it up, like repad it. And then we bought one of those massive, or actually it was gifted to us, one of those massive uh, car seat bags. Charlie's like, uh, you literally look like you're going like backpacking through like. Does it go on your back? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Ours does too, but it's huge. Like it's it's literally like half the height of myself. Like when I carry it, it's like a double of me if I was like standing on my own shoulders. (laughs) Like it's huge. So it's great because normally they'll check it for free and you can fit so much extra stuff in there. So definitely recommend that as a travel hack. One of the guest questions was what medications should you bring from home? Okay. So we always bring, um, like just some standard, like pain medications, like either Tylenol or ibuprofen. Um, because of course you have to go to the pharmacy to get those, Mm -hmm. um, in Austria. And, um, the other thing I brought, I'm sure you can get something similar, like an antacid tablet, um, over there, but I just brought like two or three (laughs) things of Tums Mm -hmm. because later on in your pregnancy, like you'll eat those all the time. (laughs) So I brought Tums and then we did bring, some baby Tylenol with us because it just kind of was like a comfort thing where like I'm sure if the baby was sick the doctor would prescribe us something from the pharmacy over there but um we just like kind of found it more comforting to have like a familiar product Mm -hmm. and like the dosage and everything is in English (laughs) which is huge because like if you forget what the doctor said or like it's in German on your, um, prescription and then you have to translate it. Um, it just, we were just a little nervous about that. So we just, we just brought some regular baby Tylenol with us. And then I think you can get this over there too, but a lot of people recommended gripe water to us, which is, um, just like a liquid thing that you can give them early on. Um, I think after a month old or something, um, when they have like gas or like belly troubles, Again, I think that was one of the things that was just like a little bit harder to find or more expensive over there. 
Um, so I ended up bringing just like two bottles of that with us. And we did use that quite a bit in the first couple months when he was like super gassy and all that like little babies are. Yeah, that's good to know. I, yeah, I feel like it's hard to try to like decipher what things are, even at like the grocery store. I'm like reading the labels. I'm like, well, everything goes out the window because I don't know what this means. So I'm just yeah, going to buy like, it. Do I, do I need this? <laughs> I know the baby product realm is like literally a rabbit hole. Like you start researching it and then like someone mentions this other product and you're like, okay, do I need that too? And then there's like 5 million versions of it that you're trying to compare. And oh my gosh, it, it's seriously a rabbit hole. So I think that's kind of a positive of having a baby in Europe is you're sort of forced to stick to the essentials and to limit like what you have and what you bring. Cause you're obviously traveling with it. Um, and I kind of enjoy that because I'm a very minimal person. I like to keep it very simple and we literally got only the things we needed and stuck to that. And I'm glad because there's a lot of stuff that you could buy for babies. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like kind of piggybacking off of that, it's try to find someone or like that's currently going or no, try to find someone that has gone through what you're going through and kind of generally the same time frame. So like with you and I, that is like so perfect for me. But if you find someone that, you know, like Dana was due in March. And so she was only there for like a couple weeks before she went back. So she obviously didn't need as much yeah. stuff as someone that would need that's having their baby in December or, you know, oh, yeah. so true. In September, you're going to need way more stuff than if you're having your baby towards the end of the season. So it's like, yeah, you don't want to so overpack. True. Helpful for me to talk to you because yeah, it's the same. Yeah, that's frame. true. Because when you have like the first couple months there's only like a few certain things that you need and then as they get older you need more stuff um for different ages and whatever so you kind of have to think about that too like say you see like I don't know like some really cute like bids and stuff and you're like oh like I want these just like keep in the back of your mind be like okay I'm gonna bookmark these because I don't need these until they start eating which is like four to six months so you by that point, like we were back home. So I, that wasn't something that we needed to bring or get over there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The other thing I wanted to mention this, like I kind of got lost in like everything we needed for the baby. And I was so focused on baby stuff that I totally forgot about myself and like postpartum supplies, which oh, right, yeah. I feel like happens to a lot of people because the focus is on the baby and like what they need. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think this was like maybe a week or two before my due date, I was kind of came to the realization that I didn't have anything for myself as far as postpartum supplies. Um, and that's definitely something you want to have ready for when you come home for the hospital. Um, so you don't have to scramble around or be uncomfortable. Um, so I had my mom bring over um, tux pads, which are just like witch hazel cooling things for down there. I recommend (laughs) them. They feel nice. (laughs) Um, and like this other postpartum, like cooling spray. I just had her bring those over with her. She was there like two days after luckily. Um, but looking back, I probably would have brought those with me just in case like they 
the timing didn't line up with them coming, then I wouldn't have had that stuff or whatever. And you have been through like a major trauma. So you need to take care of yourself as well. So um, that was one thing that I kind of forgot about. And luckily it worked out for me, but I would just kind of put that on your list. Maybe like one or two postpartum supplies that you want to have um, and add that to your list of things like, can I, should I bring this or can I get it over there kind of thing. Yeah. And those are the things that people don't tell you about. Cause like I was in target yesterday and I mean, I've heard that, but I was like, in the baby section and I'm looking at stuff and it's like I see ice pads for postpartum and I'm just sitting there like oh my god where do these go (laughs) I'm just like oh god and I'm just standing there like should I buy this like is this an impulse buy but yeah I mean I think like you definitely don't have any clue that you need that stuff unless someone tells you so yeah it's this is true. Kathy that telling you buy the stuff <laughs> get the postpartum stuff you need it yes yeah. the other thing kind of relative to that I was gonna say that I did bring is my prenatal vitamins you can definitely get prenatal vitamins over there and I did get some um over there later on because you keep taking them throughout breastfeeding but there's just a lot more choices here. So if you are taking one um, throughout your pregnancy, like right now, and you like that one, um, I would just buy extra, like buy enough to get you obviously to the end of your pregnancy and maybe the first couple months into breastfeeding if that's what you plan to do. Um, Because you really only have a couple choices over there. Like there's this like one vitamin that all the doctors give out and that's in the pharmacy. And it was a bit, quite a bit more expensive than the ones that I was taking here. Cause I just feel like there's more choices. So mm-hmm. you can be like, okay, this is all the same vitamins that I need, but it's only, you know, this much. And then you can bring that with you and not have to, um, not have to switch when you get over there. Yeah, I think I know exactly which one you're talking about because I started taking prenatals over there and I was like, hmm. Yeah, I know. And they're like 30 bucks for a month. So like a dollar a day. Yeah, Yeah. they're pretty pricey. So I would definitely recommend if you have one that you're taking in the U.S. or you've heard of one that's good or whatever, just to buy a bunch and bring them with you. Um, I also did that with my belly oil. (laughs) I had like a my belly oil that I was putting on every day, um, from like 20 weeks on or whatever, you can get it over there. You can get that bio oil or whatever. Um, but if you have some that you're using or a specific kind you want, I did end up bringing that with me. Yeah. And so kind of to like wrap everything up. So you then flew home with an infant and a dog, which is something that's just like terrifying to me because I like have two dogs and I'm going to have probably three to four month old child. (laughs) Yeah. How was that flying home? Was it like, did he sleep most of the time? Um, honestly, (laughs) they were both saints, especially with the whole pandemic thing going on. Um, the couple days leading up to us coming home were like madness because we weren't sure when we were going to be able to leave. Like we literally didn't know if we were going to show up to the airport and like have to turn around and come back. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was crazy. It was like a mad dash of packing. Um, but they were both really good. Um, Rory wasn't on like a really set schedule by that point, but he was, had 
quite a routine with like how long he would stay awake and then when he would go down for a nap and stuff. Um, so we weren't able to really stick to that, obviously, with a travel day like we had, but he was pretty good about um, like staying awake. And then when he would start to get cranky, like he would go down pretty easily and sleep for a little while. Like he probably didn't sleep for as long as he would normally, like in his crib, but he was really good. Um, I think it's a good age for traveling four months, three, four months, because they're not mobile yet. So they're (laughs) used to being held and they don't mind being like in your arms for hours and on your lap and whatever. Um, They're super good in the carrier. Um, I definitely recommend a carrier for travel. He, um, we had the ergo baby and he would just be, you know, sleeping on me or whatever. You have to take it off when you get on the airplane now. Unfortunately, that's like one of the restrictions, but um, even like I could just un- clip it and like kind of set him on my lap and he would stay asleep so yeah that was a good age for having to travel because he was pretty easy going about the whole thing did you request like one of those bassinet things on the plane have you seen those i yeah i have seen those and i didn't um i thought about trying to set that up but just kind of with how everything was last minute um it didn't happen Mm -hmm. And plus we have the dog and like there's certain restrictions when you have dogs with you um, of where you can sit depending Mm -hmm. on the airline. So our flight back was pretty empty and we had like, like we were in the two seats near the window and then there was like three seats in the middle. Um, And the three seats were like open next to us. So I think Rory and I sat in like with two seats and then Matt and Murphy had two seats. So we had plenty of room, um, which worked out well, but yeah, I just kind of kept him on my lap to sleep. And, um, we were toward the back of the plane, which was nice because obviously we had to go into the tiny little bathroom and use like the changing station. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like most of the airlines are pretty good about accommodating kids and babies, at least Austrian was, um, we were near the back, so we were near the bathroom and the changing table. And um, at that point, we were starting to supplement with some formula. So at one point, I needed, like, um, warm water for a bottle. And, like, the guy was really good with that. He, like, mixed me a bottle that was, like, half warm and half cold. So it would be, like, the perfect temperature for him to drink. And, yeah, they were really accommodating and really nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and so I we think- made it. Someone asked, uh, like, how long did you feel comfortable flying until? And I'm pretty sure you can fly until 36 weeks for most airlines. Yes. Yep. That is the guideline. 36 weeks is usually the cutoff unless you have some type of pregnancy complication. Mm -hmm. So say you had, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, anything. Like, gestational diabetes or, like any like blood pressure issues, um, you're not going to want to fly that late or like even really probably too much later than like 20 weeks just because anything can happen. But if you have an uncomplicated pregnancy, um, it's up to 36 weeks. I brought a note from my OBGYN in the U.S. saying that I was healthy to fly. Um, Some things that I read recommended to do that just in case and to like prove your age of your pregnancy or whatever but no one ever asked me to see that so (laughs) I guess that's just that's just an extra 
thing you could do if it makes you feel more comfortable. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you're if you're before 36 weeks, I think you're fine. I think you could still fly after that technically if you had to, but you would definitely have to have a doctor's note stating that you were, um, you know, that it was safe for you to do that. So yeah, gosh, I can't even imagine how they came up with that rule. Someone must have had their baby on the plane. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, 38 weeks is considered full term, so that's close. Yeah, it, so. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then final question, um, getting paid money each month from the government when you have your baby overseas, did you wind up getting that money? So that is another really enticing thing about having kids and babies over in Europe. Um, basically, they're very family friendly over there. And part of their system is like a little stipend toward baby needs, um, that you can get from, you basically apply for it right after they're born. Like a letter comes in the mail and you have to fill out paperwork with like their visa information and stuff to get it. We tried to get it. Um, but when you have a new baby, like everything takes forever. And it took us a while to figure out the paperwork. Um, we had Kevin translate it for us. Um, but the, actually how it worked out for us is we needed to get his passport first because we had to get his passport to get his visa and you had to have his visa to get the money. So by the time that we worked all that out, we didn't actually see any money. Um, But if you are planning on, like, say you have, like, a two-year deal or something, like, we were considering going back before, like, all the madness ensued. So um, had we got it figured out and we were coming back for, like, the following season, I think we could then get, like, a certain amount of back pay. Um, So it's worth – it's definitely worth looking into, especially if you, like – say you had the baby like early in the season and you could at least figure it out after the first couple months you could probably get the back pay and then you could get the money up until you leave at the end of the season so it's kind of you have to navigate through the paperwork and the language stuff and all that um but it's worth looking into if you can figure it out it's a great benefit to having a baby over there and then when you say you get him as got him his passport to get him his visa so does he have an austrian residence card or austrian visa he had a visa yep he had like the red white red card that we had um to to be over there um and that's what you need to get the kinderwell the money from the government Mm -hmm. um and i think it was good for it to have for us like when we traveled um but other than that, it's pretty funny trying to get passport pictures for an infant. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. I can't wait to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, oh, there was, like, the one of those little booths in the mall that we tried to use, and it was, like, literally a nightmare. We had to do it twice, and we still didn't get one that was usable, so that was 11 euros down the drain. Um, <laughs> I know the exact booth you're talking about, because yeah. I had to get my my uh, visa picture taken in there, and it's like, don't smile. And I'm, yeah. like, sitting in this booth, like, haven't gotten my hair done in months. I'm just like, God, I look like hell right and now. <laughs> it, and it's so picky, because it's an automated system, so, like, if 
your head isn't in the exact frame or like you aren't looking straight at the camera like it says your picture is unacceptable so imagine trying to do that with a two-month-old um not fun so we ended up going to a different place where like an actual human took his picture and put it into the computer definitely recommend that instead for passport and or visa pictures yeah and for anyone that has questions about like passport or birth certificate or any of that stuff um you can get that all online because we just had to go through that whole thing um yes and it's kind of a lot of it's kind of a lot but if you break it down it's not as bad as it seems like the website's kind of just like word vomit like all over the Mm -hmm. screen and i was just like oh my gosh like how do i even start with this but it's really like not that bad so oh yeah it's very intimidating when you first start looking into it like there's a requirement that says you need to list like everywhere or every time you've um like basically crossed borders so like left your home country and gone to another country which is laughable for us like for like the past nine years or something at once so you have to literally write down like, okay, I went to Canada and then I went back into the US and I went to Austria. Like you have to write all that. And it seems like so daunting, but when you actually go into the place, like the people are super casual. Um, like we went to, we had to go to the Vienna embassy and like, they like barely glanced at that form. They just basically said, do your best with it. It's kind of a formality. Um, but the process itself was pretty simple. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I love yeah. everything you said. That was super helpful to me and I'm sure to other ladies that are expecting their first babies or maybe their first babies overseas. It's just Good. So- I'm glad. I <laughs> hope I didn't ramble too much and like confuse everyone, but I tried. No, you didn't <laughs> at all. It was awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week.